surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. I've been challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. Watch here suppose this up, Buzzy. The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast, at least we're aware of, that bask in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilanteism that is Batman 66. Today, we're watching season one, episode 25, The Joker Trumps an Ace. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. So let's do our credits for this one. And then we'll jump into the rewatch aspect of our show. This one was directed by Richard C. I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. I'm going to say Seraphian. And written by what I assume is the husband and wife team, Francis M. Cockrell and Marion B. Cockrell. And originally aired April 6, 1966. The one-sentence Wikipedia summary says, A wave of senseless robberies by the Joker proved to be part of a plot against a visiting Maharaja. This was an absolute nothing of an episode, especially given that episode synopsis. Yeah, I was very excited to watch this, and then I was immediately not excited to watch this. Uh, Of the husband and wife uh, cockerel duo there, I feel like... Whoever wears the pants in that family has really bad ideas. And yeah. Just bullied their way through. Like, that's a great concept of crazy old Spaniard commits senseless crimes. I'm in. But then you see his senseless crimes and you're like, does he have dementia? Is that why he's doing this? Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between like silly, fun, senseless and just completely devoid of sense. There's, that's... <laughs> They're really, uh, they're not, well, one of the they're not crimes, hitting the nail on the head here. Well, the, the one of the crimes that we'll get to, but just to give you an idea of the quality of crimes we're talking about here, a big deal is made about how Joker stole a hole from the golf course. How would you steal a hole? Yeah. Did he just dig a bigger hole? Well, there's a there's a little cup inside the hole that like holds the flag up and stuff. No, so I maybe know, but... he just stole that, but why? It's... How would anybody even notice that was gone? Like a caddy could have just taken that. Like I, I heard that and was like, so did he just dig up the hole and now they can't play the sixteenth the hole? Like what what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. And they didn't show that. That happened off screen. That's just a, another senseless crime they mentioned. They mentioned uh, exactly two. Yeah, yeah the first one we get. We do three, and they do two. Well, they had no, there was nothing funny about this episode. So they were really being meta here, sticking it to us about the Joker's clown prince of crimeness not being that funny, I guess. Yeah, and his jokes, 
Batman says later in the episode, like he sends a joke to Commissioner Gordon as a clue, and Commissioner Gordon's like, that's not even funny. And Batman says, Joker's jokes rarely are. Yeah, but usually they're less sad than this. Yeah, it's like like he got in a lawsuit with Riddler or something and lost, and now he's just like, because these are just riddles. He's just... Now he's just broken. Well, it's dumb. It is. Like his, I'm going to leave a joke behind. That's a clue to the... Okay, Riddler 2, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. There is one joke that we'll get to that I did laugh at, but I laughed at it not because of the quality of the joke itself, but because it reminded me of The Simpsons. But we'll get to that later. So uh, you want to jump in here at at the senseless crime they bother to show us? Yeah, so... It's a pleasant morning in Gotham City uh, in an exclusive fur salon, uh, which I assume is on Fur Street in the fur district of Gotham City, where it's elegant ladies find. Yeah, where elegant ladies and their doting husbands yeah. are shopping for furs in and the morning. By, and there's multiple of them. By doting husband based on the guy they show, I assume that means dude who stands there and clearly has zoned out looking at you put on coats i don't care they all look the same just buy just pick one and i'll buy it uh i want to get to the golf course look yeah. you got 10 minutes i'm taking you to get a windbreaker <laughs> uh yeah like what well, i thought fur district i thought we were going to the hammock district i was looking <laughs> forward to visiting marianne i hear she gets in the hammock with you <laughs> The weirdest part of this whole scene is like they do a pan across the weird fur store, which is looks like no store on earth. And then they cut to the guy who's watching his wife like, oh, God, this is the 20th one she's tried on. But then they cut back and Joker's just sort of standing there. And I thought it was one of those things like that video of the like the guy in the gorilla suit that comes out while people are passing a basketball and you don't notice it because your focus is on the basketball. Yeah. But then I was like, there's nowhere, no place he could have possibly come in unless like no one in the store pays attention at all. He just walked in through the front door and stood in the middle of the floor. Right, but he was dressed in a disguise too. He was like the shadow or the phantom of the opera or something. He had like a cape like held over his face like Darkwing Duck. Yeah. And a big hat <laughs> on and like was hiding behind it. It was weird. You would think someone, you know, worked at the store would be like, hold on there, creeper. What are you up to? Yeah, but then why go to all the trouble of sneaking in in a disguise? Because he immediately just takes it off. I, you can tell this is a quality episode because he couldn't get through that sentence without yawning. Oh, I know. It was. It's as then exciting Joker as takes I... off this <sighs> disguise and something else happens. <laughs> yeah. So he reveals he's the Joker and <laughs> it's the Joker. But then he's got a, a riddle and he says something about like, what do they use? Mostly use mink skins for. And it's like... Holding minks together. <laughs> yeah. And everyone uh, looks at him like he's an idiot. And then the oldest yeah. goons in Gotham City come in to corral the people into a circle. Like, I all, checked of his, the... all of his goons are like elderly old. They are. And they're henchmen. This is henchman one and henchman two. They don't even get names. This is awful. I feel so bad. These guys 
Yeah. Like he pulled him out of the Walmart greeter job and was like, come with me, you're henchmen now. Ooh, do we get <laughs> yeah. cool uniforms? No. Well, can we have those nice ones like Penguin gets that have the names embroidered on them? No. You'll be henchman one and henchman two. It's like, oh, <laughs> we don't even get joke-related names. I'd rather hang out with the Riddler and be beef fat and Candlewick or whatever those other guys' names were. <laughs> you'll guys. be punched and you'll be lined. That seems half-assed, Joker. <laughs> Wait till you see That's my better. plan. Except Joker doesn't know what a punchline is, so that... This episode kind of posits the idea that Joker doesn't know what the hell a joke is. Yeah, that's what I mean. He addresses Mr. and Mrs. Belmont here in the fur store. The banking Belmonts. Oh, everyone gather up real close. And he like puts them in a little huddle. And then the goons and him all just shoot guns like up in there. But they shoot confetti and ribbon and things, which again... Fuck off with the ribbon already, Joker. You know what? It's really dumb. I don't like it. Yeah. He just, like, it's, oh, we can't escape confetti and ribbon. And the people uh, who are terrorized that they have a thing on them they could just take off. Like, you couldn't have done anything else. I really hope that yeah. this husband and wife team weren't hired again to write for this show. Me too. They, uh, the like, senseless portion of the crime here, the it heist. gave me the prompt of, come up with some senseless crimes for a crazy old Spaniard to commit, I could come up with some good ones. And they would actually be entertaining. Because I would lean into crazy old Spaniard's character, not just, well, let's see, I'm an idiot. What's something that I would do? I really wanted to write for the Riddler. Well, that's okay. We'll just write the story for the Riddler, and then can, we'll just go through and erase the name Riddler and write in Joker wherever we can. Yeah, That's what they've they have done to do that the old-fashioned way where you go through and actually erase it and scribble it out and write Joker over it. As yeah, there's no find and replace. replace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the 60s were a crazy backwards time. The The actual heist here is Joker walks up to the crowd of confetti-covered socialites with a magnet and just pulls a whole bunch of crap out of this poor lady's hair. Uh, looks like there's a lot of extra stuff on that magnet besides the hairpin that he ends up stealing. And it wasn't a fancy jeweled hairpin or anything. It looked just like a like a regular bobby pin you'd buy in bulk at the drugstore, you know? Yeah. Like there's nothing that's that senseless for you. But senseless yeah. doesn't have to be stupid. Senseless doesn't you know have I mean? to be a cause for maybe it's time to look for a place for Joker. Yeah. Like, again, when they lean into senseless, like, senseless, I mean, should mean, oh, this doesn't make sense. This is confusing. We're baffled right now. Not, oh, man, it's time to, yeah. Or time to have an intervention. he's a delightful idiot. One of the two. Yeah. Like, I think I mentioned on the last episode, we were talking about how good this sounded before we actually saw it. I had yeah. the idea of crazy old Spaniard goes to buy some orthodontic shoes because, again, He's really old and he puts them on to try them out in the shoe store and then has a giggle and runs off and steals them. So he still committed a crime, but it was also really stupid and senseless. What did you yeah, really gain? Makes, you know, I mean, I've watched that. But it makes sense because he'd need the shoes. Although I think you said orthodontic shoes, which I mean, maybe he needs, I guess he does need to fix his teeth kind of. Yeah. Orthotic shoes, orthopedic <laughs> shoes. 
whatever the yeah, word yeah. is. <laughs> I, I, I do think you said orthodontic, which is great. I think I said braces are expensive. He put on some cute <laughs> shoes and then he runs off. <laughs> now we're talking senseless. Now we're getting there. His shoes are those yeah. little clacker teeth that you wind up and they <laughs> want by themselves. <laughs> uh, now we're talking. We went to this place one time, my wife and her friend, that had like all these hats. And you were supposed to just look at the hats and pick out the one you wanted to wear. And, you know, because that's really dumb. My wife's friend tried some of the hats on and a lady came out and yelled at her for it and was like, you don't try on the hats, ma'am. That could have been a thing. Like Joker could have needed a hat. And the lady yeah. could have said, you don't try on the hat, sir. And then he could have put on all the hats at once, like that guy from Friends. Again, that also would have been better than what we got here. <laughs> See, I could just do this all day. <laughs> well, you might have to, because not much happens here. Yes. Uh, we do cut to Commissioner Gordon's office, and he's like, did he steal a hairpin? <laughs> what a fool. And I was like, thanks, Gordon. <laughs> And this is where we reveal that he also stole a hole from the golf green, which, again, we've already covered in the opening. Uh, fine. O'Hara's leading the, leading the charge to the bat from here. Rat, just scattering up things for his nest. Yeah. He stole a shiny, yeah, he's stealing shiny things all over the place. He stole some buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and some aluminum foil he found. They do call him a rat later on. We'll get to that. Uh, that's where the episode actually has a brief moment of picking up. So O'Hara leads the charge to the bat phone here. And again, I don't know. We get They're just killing time here. We get the pointless. I don't know who he is behind that mask, but I do know he's the only one that can help us figure out this senseless horse shit. He's and, the only one who can help us stop a thing that's not a thing. Yeah. Like, we all know you're just going to call him every time. You don't need to give the little speech every time you pick up the phone. Some guy is gathering up some stuff he likes. Only Batman <laughs> can put a stop to this. Yeah, is he walking around the town with him, pushing him in a shopping cart? Collecting <laughs> cans? Because he's one... He, maybe he didn't go to jail last time and he's one step away from homeless. I don't know. <laughs> he's been on the street for a while and his brain is broken now. <laughs> That makes more sense. Uh, he just has bags hey. full of fabric. <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed yeah. talking about this episode more than I did watching it. <laughs> it is, yeah. So Alfred picks up the phone, of course. I'll solicit his presence, sir. Yeah. Good line. I like that. And I was so waiting Alfred for goes... Alfred to be annoyed, but apparently they didn't describe the crime to him because he was he was just kind of even keel about it. Or he's just happy to get them out of the house because when we go see what Bruce and Dick are up here, they're doing a jigsaw puzzle with the puzzle pieces upside down. World's greatest detective, folks. Yeah. The cardboard side up, not the picture side. Which but is Dick's dumb as hell. But I do like how Bruce seems to be gathering up similar pieces and like making little stacks while Dick is just trying to jam pieces together. Yeah. But Dick is like, golly, Bruce, it sure is hard doing a puzzle with the pieces upside down. And Bruce is like, 
Yes, chum, but think of what it's doing for your visual memory. Golly, Bruce, that's stupid. That's what he should have said, because I don't get it. But instead, he says something like, golly, Bruce, you're right. And then thankfully, Alfred interrupts these two boneheads and their stupid activity to tell them that the bat phone is ringing. Uh, I've enjoyed this more than the show. (laughs) So they rush to the phone. Harriet comes in with a tray with sandwiches and milk on it for the for the men. And she's like, golly, where'd they go? And again, we get Alfred going undercover as a guy making up excuses for them. Uh, they're going to see Bruce's friend, his sporting friend. Uh, he's got the new binoculars in. And you know how they like new binoculars for bird watching. And the look on her face is just like, oh, uh, this is getting really hard to suspend my disbelief here. Like, I <laughs> you could just think I need to talk to, off to a threesome, Alfred. <laughs> yeah, she's really, the feel like she's sometimes starting to catch on here and just... Very he confused. Goes along because the alternative is, you know, working at a, at a temp job and trying to feed Dick. And we've seen him eat. That's right. She'll end up homeless with the Joker, just pushing a shopping cart full of shiny things around. <laughs> yes. So they go to the bat poles, down the opening credits, into the car. Again, just to prove my point that they're wasting as much time as possible, we get atomic batteries to power turbines to speed. That's how you know it's off. an episode that needs a lot of filler is when, when Robin goes through how the car works. Yeah. In Commissioner Gordon's office, we immediately see Batman listening to a strangely wrapped package with a stethoscope. I assume it's a bat stethoscope. He's probably got weird bat symbols on it or something. I like, though, when Batman's, like, examining the package, Robin's just standing in his personal space with his fists clenched, like, (laughs) can I hit it, Bruce? Can I hit it now? No. Take your pills. (laughs) I I, I was hoping someone was going to go all seven style on us and be like, what's in the box? Like, and just be, and then it would be like a human head, but it wasn't. My when mind was already wondering by this point in the episode, or wandering. Um, so I thought about that Dana Gould joke where he talks about how you never see an episode of American Pickers where they move like a pinball machine out of the corner, and there's a bucket of hands. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what ghastly thing has Joker hidden in this uh, box? Uh, yeah, so it's not Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Nor but... a bucket of hands. No bucket of hands, but it's still a good idea for Robin and the police officers here to get behind the bat shield. So they unfold this floppy ass thing again and hide <laughs> behind it while Batman's going to open the open the box. I like how when Robin's holding up the shield and he's totally committed to it, like Burt Ward is really trying to sell it. Commissioner Gordon's like, well, this isn't going to do anything. We're going to die if anything explodes. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, like like humoring a a child, you know. Okay, this is the <laughs> this is the magic shield, and you want me to stand behind it. Okay. Oh, now you're Elsa and you have ice powers and I'm frozen. Okay, tell me when I'm not frozen anymore. Just yeah, talking down to a child. <laughs> Which is really how you're supposed to address Robin. That's <laughs> why he's so mad all the time. <laughs> yes. 
So what is in the box? Uh, I think it's a porno lurch blow up doll. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a giant. It's like a giant balloon of a man you might use to advertise. Hey, we're selling cars. Yeah, or like a like one of those punch it and bet it never like a weeble wobble, <laughs> or whatever those things were called. My favorite part of this was all the setup for it to inflate and then immediately and pathetically deflate. Right. Like it doesn't just stand there in the room with them all gawking at it and going, well, that's upsetting. It like barely inflates for a moment and then immediately starts to lose air. Yeah. So we did get to see what it is. It turns out it is. uh, I don't want to give it away before we get to this wonderful joke, because there's also he borrowed Riddler's reel to reel tape recorder thing and put that in the box too so we get a joke here uh, i didn't even write it down word for word normally with riddles and stuff i do that but this is something about a, a duchess asking if her goldfish got fresh water and and the attendant was like no the fish didn't use all the water i gave it yesterday yeah or something so and that in, was in a jokers joke. in jokers for jokers jokes to work all the characters have to be as dumb and senseless as he is like the duchess has to assume you give a goldfish fresh water and her idiot attendant has to say things like well he hasn't used all the other so you're saying they're all stupid got it yeah usually with comedy you want to start with this is recognizable and then build to the stupid not just everyone in this universe can barely function yeah, like I was watching The Dark Side of Comedy the other day, and it was an episode about Dustin Diamond, uh, you know, Screech from Saved by the Bell, mm-hmm. and the the turn that his life took. And to to break out of this typecasting and stuff, he decided to be a stand-up comedian uh, for a brief period. And this joke kind of reminds me of, of his act, but just without swearing, because <laughs> it made no sense. And, and all the people they were interviewing for it, like everyone was supportive and going along talking about the character. And then when it got to him doing stand-up, all the people that they were interviewing that were comedians were just like, yeah, I don't know what makes people think stand-up is easy, but it isn't. All of his jokes were just angry statements about Tiffany Thiessen. Yeah. That's, <laughs> this is just senseless ramblings. That's what it is. This is stupid. This is stupid. Anyway, they piece together this joke and determine, of course, the Maharaja of somewhere is uh, is in town, and he's so rich he golfs with gold golf clubs with jewel diamond encrusted gold. Clubs. Yeah. yeah, jewel encrusted gold golf clubs, of course. And he's got a tea time at this golf course today. And just what? How would you know that? Why is that a thing that you would know? Yeah, was that in the papers? Was nothing going on that day? So they were like, "Hey, everybody, if you want to come commit a terrorist act." The foreign dignitary will be golfing at this certain time. Bring your guns. Yeah. So anyway, we have to rush to the golf course, so off we go. When we get to the golf course, Joker's up on a pallet on a forklift up in the air, spying or seeing what's going on. And that's not a safe way to use a forklift. No. There's and I'm also be some kind sure of... that's not Cesar Romero. Like, that guy looks like Mick Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Oh, I this show and their celebrity being like, yeah, lift me up on the forklift for the Batman show. That sounds great. Let's do that. 
Yeah. Well, maybe he's got a stunt devil too. Who also but he comes down, resembles him. They come down off the forklift and they get into their van that says, let gay fellow take you to the cleaners. Uh, I don't know Which what that's did about. make me laugh. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like here. So Batman and Robin come in, they talk to the guy that runs the golf course. And they're like, where can we see the whole chorus? Uh, down here in the gallery or something. I don't remember what I said. But they go down to this place where they have a, a view of the golf course. And Batman's got these goofy little bat binocular things that look like they're like really close together and would be really hard to use. But yeah, I just thought it was funny. They're calling back to binoculars after that was that was the excuse earlier. You brought those for bird watching, I guess. One thing I enjoyed about every scene that Adam West is in in this episode he keeps running so fast, he almost misses his mark. And every time he enters a scene, he's like careening off almost of the blocking. So everyone else is like, whoa, you okay there, buddy? <laughs> well, something's got to be good. Although now we're starting, we get to see the Maharaja for the first time. And I'm pretty sure it's Sinbad. <laughs> it's not. I, che I checked the credits after. It's not Sinbad. But he's trying to be Sinbad or Sinbad's trying to be him. Yeah, but he's I wrote poor caddy because if these golf clubs are made out of gold, they're going to be heavy as hell. Yeah, like I don't golf. I've done it, but I don't really do it often. But the whole point of golf clubs is that they're meant to be light and sturdy and they're like very they're very meticulously designed to not be heavy as hell and encrusted and shit. Like, shouldn't his golf game be just fucking awful? Yeah, and it is. Uh, we see the couple shots he he takes. He's not he's not a golfer either, for sure. But, yeah, this is just a thing he decided to yeah. do. You know, when you come to and come to the biggest city in America, a fictional one, um, you know, you go golf. You don't want to go to yeah. their museums, for God's sake. Have you seen those? <laughs> hey, they should go to the comedians' hall of fame. He would be like, well. <laughs> I feel much worse about my own country now, seeing that the, the biggest one in the world has places like this in it. <laughs> <laughs> he does have guards with him, bodyguards with him that have like scimitars in their belt. They're dressed like Aladdin here, which I like. They yeah. never really say it's a fictional country that he's from, but it's cool to see his his goon. He's got his own goons here. <laughs> it's 1966. And they're all dressed up like they just came out of a Three Stooges short. And he's golfing with the mayor here, and he's kind of a dick. He's like, hey, mayor, don't shoot while I'm talking. And the mayor's like, oh, sorry. And then he's like, and then, which is the opposite. It's like, hey, don't talk while I'm shooting. That makes sense. That's golf etiquette. But don't shoot while I'm talking is just like, you're just being rude. Yeah. And then the mayor's like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry, Maharaja. And he's like, okay, now you can shoot. I yeah. just wanted to prove a point. I'm just uh, yeah. <laughs> then the Maharaja goes to goes to putt like less than a foot away from the hole, and he has his two his two scimitar wielding goons like lower his morbidly obese ass to the ground so he can yeah. line up his shot. It's less than a foot away. I think you can make it. I think you'll be okay, yeah. even with your terrible golf clubs. Yeah, he starts to go down, then he like snaps his fingers and they help him. And then he's like going to get up and he snaps his fingers and they help him up again. And I was just like, wow, Sinbad really let himself go here. <laughs> uh, so he sinks the putt, 
jewel crusted golf clubs be damned he managed to make the putt but then all of a sudden yellow poison gas starts pouring out of the hole and batman and robin see this and they're like to the batmobile what? why yeah. why would it, it'd be faster to just run over there and stop whatever's about to happen i thought the same thing too just go over there but instead they go apparently all the way back to the parking lot to get the car because the next scene shows them like driving from a good distance away yeah so in the meantime joker's goons pull up in a golf cart and steal the golf clubs as expected but then they pull up with the forklift and steal the maharaja as well that was one so of they, the few they... parts of this episode i actually liked was when they put the maharaja on a forklift and then slowly <laughs> roll him into a van yeah yeah so that not only that but they're kidnapping him oh no uh they see this from the batmobile and like we need to do the bat turn and batman's like no no chum we can't do that we have to think of the golfers the retro rockets would burn up the course for a hundred yards instead of doing that let's just drive all over the fields yeah but they're not afraid to so it will burn up grass wet grass it will burn wet grass for a hundred yards but they use this shit on the streets all the time without care for any pedestrians or anything else that could be going on yeah in crowded streets Oh, we can kill the poor people on the streets, but we don't want to mess with a golf course because rich people don't like that. I believe Bruce Wayne comes to this country club and he wouldn't appreciate the <laughs> ground, grounds being scorched. Yeah, he probably owns the place. Anyway, so they chase after this van, which disappears, and they can't yeah. figure out how it disappears. They're very confused, but they pull up to a miniature version of the van. So there's a little bit of question here did they shrink the van down no of course not that would be dumb that's that's clearly a thing they really think though like this whole thing relies on plot holes and magic and batman just buys it world's greatest detective is like did they shrink it down yes yes they shrunk it down that or they teleported it's one of those two things yeah so they open up the back of the the mini truck uh, there isn't a mini Maharaja in there alive, but shrunken. So we can cross that theory off the list. <laughs> there is a little little piece of paper with a with a joke on it. Uh, I'm going to let you take it from here because I've... Uh... So this is my favorite joke on the episode. because Not because of the quality of the joke itself, but basically the the joke is, and I'm bangling it, but what did the boy who why did the boy who had a fifty thousand dollar dog sell it so he could buy two twenty five thousand dollar cats and then it says well i don't need any more cats and that's the joke and it reminded me of the simpsons episode when rod flanders said i don't want any damn vegetables <laughs> <laughs> which made me much more delighted than the joker's non-joke yeah. Anyhow, Batman uh, realizes, oh, of course, he means cats, cats, and cats. Steel company. Yeah, the old refinery, the old abandoned cats, cats, and cats, and co re refinery. It seems too easy, but that's where they want us to go. So they race off. Yeah. And I thought that was, for, I just got to say here, I'm glad that's where you went with the cats joke. Because when you messaged me and said, I really like the cats joke, I started looking into homes for you. I was concerned <laughs> that you had been hit over the head. No, I liked it because the punchline is, I don't want any damn cats. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't go to the Simpsons with it. I just went, uh, 
That was it. That was, I was just, I had no reaction. because I, was like just... all other viewers, just went, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the refinery where Joker and his henchman and his lady, uh, Jill is her name, are setting up and staging the scene, waiting for Batman and Robin to show up. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Jill comes and sits on his lap and is oddly sexual with the six foot six elderly gay man. <laughs> but they're using like a little, a little like gas oven to keep warm. It's like a decrepit old, <laughs> old shack. It's weird. It's definitely like a tent city. They're one step away from a tent city here with uh, Joker is homeless in this for sure. Uh, yes. But she tells him he's perfect. So that's nice. She's, you're perfect, Joker. You're as perfect as someone with all of this going on can be. Yeah. So then Batman and Robin pull up. They decide to just go in the front door. There's no need for bat ropes or anything. The door is unlocked. So that's Batman says, odd. perhaps this will, this will screw with Joker's twisted mind. I think he understands what doors are. Yeah, and he did tell you to go here. Yeah. It was a joke riddle. I don't think it's going to screw them that much, Batman, but okay, let's go along for the ride. So they go into this abandoned refinery full of spider webs, and, and Robin even comments. He says, Holy spider webs, a nest for rats. Yes, pack rats with their shiny things that they've collected. <laughs> yes. It's very eerie and suspenseful here as they make their way through the dark rooms of this refinery looking for looking for clues or looking for the joker just kind of wandering yeah and then they happen upon the joker and his and his his henchmen there they're playing a game of cards at, at a table well that's yeah. it we're we've got them now they unfold their batarangs they're about to pounce they jump out they throw their batarangs and they hit some kind of plexiglass or something and they just bounce back yeah like, yeah i didn't the see whole that thing you is very uninspiring it is weird yeah uh so it turns out that the truck is all of a sudden there. There's they use mirrors to make the truck disappear, and they're like, "Of course, all mirrors." Because mirrors, of course. Yes, that's how they made the truck disappear because the golf course is all green, so it was just reflected, and it would be easy to make it disappear. Okay, whatever. Yeah, none of that holds together, but sure. Now this is my favorite part, though. So. Now they've caught Batman and Robin by surprise. The henchmen just throw ropes at them and like tie them up as they like walk around slowly tying the rope around them. And this is where we get the Joker like singing a little song that reminds me of the Sword in the Stone where Merlin <laughs> is packing his entire house with magic into his one little bag to follow <laughs> the boy back to the castle. And he's like, skippity bippity bippity boom, press the digitonium. And that's what we've got here. Uh, I did weird. write, yeah, I did write this down because that's how much I liked it. Uh, he's like, "Circle now and intertwine, neatly wrap these guests of mine." And then he like he like cackles and giggles the whole time, and then no more will they cheer and scoff, cut their circulation off. Uh, and then he says, "If they do not see the joke, pull the rope and let them choke." And I was like, "Yay!" This was this saved the episode for me. Uh, this is i was i was seriously considered just considering just turning it off uh, and watching renegade and just bringing that up i'll just fake it from this point on <laughs> yeah but then this oh wait he's singing me. a song yeah 
And again, just because I was a huge Sword in the Stone fan, this caught I was like, hey, I like this. Yeah, between this and then the last episode when Riddler did a Mary Jig, my expectations for Batman villains in the movies have been raised. I'm not going to pay to see one of your films, Warner Brothers, unless the villain does a jig and sings a song. That's right. Like, Bane can trap Batman inside of a prison or something, but then he has to do like a little jig at the edge of the cave, like, you're trapped in a pit, and so you are, and do a little jig <laughs> while he's singing it. I like it. I want to see that, too. That sounds delightful. There are dozens of us. We will boycott until we get what we want in the next Batman movie. <laughs> yes. We're sure you're super concerned. Company that <laughs> randomly cancels film. <laughs> so Batman and Robin are now tied up. Uh, you may have won the first round, but we'll never give up. And the girl has a change of heart, of course. And she's like, maybe we shouldn't kill them. And I mean, maybe it'll work. Maybe she'll convince them not to kill them because it is still pretty early. There's still like five minutes left in this episode. So still a little early for the death trap but and and joker kind of acts like he's having a change of heart here he's going to give him a chance uh his growly goon again i don't know if it's henchman number one or henchman number two because they're not labeled but he's got a really growly voice and he's like we have to get rid of him we owe it to the criminal wild and he says wild like he's so he's doing a bad i don't know gotham criminal underworld mobster accent that's how they talk back in his day. I guess. So then Joker's back and forth, but he's so they open the door to the smokestack thing. But first, Joker has a he's like walks by and has an invisible little gizmo, and we hear like a a couple times he shoots at Batman and Robin with this little invisible gun and he's like my funny ray has neutralized the gadgets in your utility belt for at least an hour yeah which made no sense because most of the most of the gadgets in their utility belt are just bombs and things to hurl at people i guess you could you know have some kind i mean batman has a an invisible bat anti-firing pin laser beam that he can use to burn off firing pins of guns in the car without anybody noticing so, like, Joker's like, hoo-hoo-hoo, my funny ray will make your length of rope not function as rope for the next hour. None of it makes any sense. Yeah, how can you put a time limit on that? I could see a ray wrecking some of your gadgets or whatever, but for a time limit? I don't know. Yeah, and most of Batman's stuff is, like, just basic shit you could throw at somebody. <laughs> it's like, hey, the bat shield, we could use that. Oh no, it's neutralized for an hour, so it's turned to soft. <laughs> they missed an opportunity <laughs> to have Robin say, but it didn't neutralize my fist, and then not actually <laughs> punch anybody, just yell about his fist. Yeah, he couldn't because he's tied up. Yeah. So the idea is okay, we're going to put you in this little room here. I'm going to fill it up with water. I hope you can float. If you can float for an hour, I'll let you go. That's your chance to escape. And the girl's like, okay, that seems fair. And the growly guy's like, uh, we should be killing him, boss. We owes it to the criminal wild. And whatever. So he's got, uh, you've got a few minutes to deal with these ropes before this thing fills up with water and you have to float. I hope you're a good swimmer. <laughs> so they put him in, they lock the door. My favorite part of that was when Batman says, fair. <laughs> yeah. he's a bear swimmer 
Ah, fair. I'm a better surfer, though. Just wait for two seasons. <laughs> yeah. And a movie. Then I'll uh, show ye. So they go in, they lock the door. They immediately untie themselves. So these ropes weren't as good as the song led me to believe because they were just immediately untied. Uh, they were turns just out, the though, it's not, found. <laughs> they're not flooding it with water, which would make it easy to escape this big, tall smokestack that they're in. And would justify the entire conversation about swimming. Right. But instead, it's poison gas that they're going to fill it up with. Uh, you fool, we can't fo- float on gas. <laughs> I was lying, or whatever. What a dirty trick. Yeah. Yeah. Joker's like, Joker like almost seems ashamed when the when the girl is like, you said you were going to float it, flood it with water. And he's like, oh, well, I say a lot of things. Yeah, we can't afford water. Do you know how much water that would take? They don't take buttons at the water company. <laughs> so, but it's like a the 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 weird smokestack room isn't a decrepit old building with a rickety ass door. Like it's not some sealed airtight thing. This shouldn't be this big of an issue. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> And which Joker <laughs> says, yeah, well, it is. <laughs> Stop asking questions. Yeah, so they're trapped. They have a little discussion in here. Like, it's too narrow to throw the batarang. Yeah. Plus, it's 50 feet high. You can't throw that much. And at least, now, the saving grace here is Batman is, like, well, all of our other gadgets are neutralized. So at least he's not trying to pretend that some rain neutralized a rope and a grappling hook. I, I, I can respect that, but it's not going to work in there. So what are we going to do in this tightly packed, really tall cylinder we're stuck in? I hope that came know. up in the like the discussion about the episode during production. Like Bill Dozier was like, how exactly would a ray neutralize some rope? Go figure that plot hole out. And they were like, um, Batman can't throw very far. That works. Yeah, I'm glad they addressed it, though, because I was curious that I was starting to write that down. Like, how the hell, what kind of ray would neutralize a rope, but only for an hour? This is dumb. Uh, then he answered it. And it's six feet. He has very weak wrist. It's still dumb, but at least it's, they tried to make sense of it. So I, I, I crossed that out. <laughs> I'll give you that husband and wife team whose last name I forgot. Yeah. So our cliffhanger here with Batman and Robin stuck in the smokestack says, so Batman says, there's no way out of this unless we have some sort of help. And so the cliffhanger says, but help from where? Not the Joker, certainly. Although that would be funny in a good senseless crime. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to kill you now. Come on out. And no one else knows where they are. Yeah, but they have like crap on them. He just shot at their belt. Batman could use his communicator to reach Alfred. And Alfred's the only competent person in the city, so... I mean, they could get help. Is this the Joker's crowning jest? Find out tomorrow. Same time, same channel. I really hope the Joker's crowning jest is not locking people in a in a hole and then asphyxiating them because that would be pretty sad. Yeah, that's some concentration camp shit right there. (laughs) It's sad and horrible. Well, that's a war crime. But be prepared. No help is likely to come. 
Well, that was an upper way to end that episode. Well, the good news is there's nowhere to go but up from here. You say that, and yet we've seen second parts go downward further. Uh, Have we? I think so. I don't know. I think that this is the worst episode we've seen so far, I think. I think so, yeah. It's going to have to pick up a lot in the second part, and it easily could because it's Batman, and that's one of their one of their things is they're like okay so we've set all the stupid pieces in place now let's play ridiculous chess i hope so i hope it doesn't get worse yeah i don't really know where they're gonna go with this because joker being homeless and not knowing what jokes are anymore is a weird way to start yeah that's just sad (laughs) i don't really want you to hit him anymore i don't think you can take more blows (laughs) to the head well and who would have thought that his plan to give money to high school kids to bribe them to throw the big game or whatever was going to be one of his plots that made the most sense? That was his moving beef. forward. <laughs> like, uh, I don't even know. It's huh. better get better. Maybe I'll watch it sooner rather than later because I'm curious. We have to see how this this shit show resolves. So that's episode 25. That one was called The Joker Trumps an Ace. The Joker Trumps an Ace. Yeah. Man, I forgot both the title of the show and the writers. That's how much of an impression it made on me. Um, so yeah. Be sure As to always, tune in can... next time when we hope that this thing gets better. Fingers crossed. But at least we'll have fun. So tune in anyway, even if you think the episode's gonna suck. Yeah. As always, you can follow us on Facebook at Surf Kings of Gotham. We're on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows. We have a website, our show on shows.com. And that's all I've got. I've got nothing. Um, see you next time. Same bat, whatever time you listen to this, same bat podcatcher. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. Sir, King of Gotham.